0: loved what um, Mylon shared that that heart of um, which I share too of like, hey, let's see how these different movements can um, come in different places. And I had an encounter with the Lord in 2015, um, very similar to what Mylon just said about 10 days. But it was about this one church one day initiative. I was talking to Jason Hubbard on the phone and um, the Holy Spirit was all over our conversation and the Lord just said, "Everywhere you take ten days, I want you to, to also bring one church one day." And I was like, "Okay, I'm in." And um, since that time, we've at each of these summits we've had vision casting for the one church one day vision, um, and we've seen it really grow from something that was primarily in a couple of cities. Um, to now something that's spreading to many cities through the vision of America Praise. We've seen it take root in New England. We have about 90 churches in New England participating in this One Church, One Day vision, um, which is called, as part of the America Praise movement. Um, We've had Jason Hubbard with us in the past. Last year we had Brian Allered, and this year we're privileged to have uh, Trey Kent and David Smith, the man of the beautiful socks. May I never forget. (laughs) (laughs) you'll get that later sorry that was a little just a little moment with me and david there but um so really happy to have them here they're from austin texas and they have been doing um a version of this in their city for how long Uh, for over 10 years um and this is independent of what jason's been doing but now those streams have started to come together so uh trey come on up and david uh, however you guys want to do it but we're turning it over to you brother
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Welcome to Texas. How many are not from Texas, but yeah, oh, wow, very cool. So let me tell you a little bit of our story and then unpack some of the principles, and Dave is going to share a little bit. So my wife and I have been pastoring in Austin for 26 years, so maybe I need an interpreter, you know, because of the pastor talk. So I don't know, help me if I, you know. Am I interpreting from Texas to English? And then from pastor to, yeah, yeah. that's that's a lot of translations. So... One night, it was actually at 1230 in the morning, my wife and I were on a prayer walk in our little neighborhood and we were standing in our light pole and the Lord said to me, wouldn't it be wonderful if 31 churches would adopt one day of prayer every month and my city could be covered in prayer 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year until Jesus returns. And when he said that, I was... I mean, I didn't know what to do with it. I'd never had that concept. I'd never heard of that. I was pastoring a church. I didn't even know there was a prayer movement going on worldwide. I didn't know anything about it. I had to learn about it later. But the Lord said, basically, that night, he lit me with uh, with fire to say, I want you to cover, I want Austin to be covered in night and day prayer by the churches, the local churches. And so that's what's happened for the last 10 years. So we just finished a decade of unceasing prayer, 87,600 hours, and that's uh, by churches. We started off, uh, we just started casting the vision for local churches. You know, I got that vision, so I called every pastor I knew and said, you know, at first I didn't really want to do it. How many know sometimes you're called to do something and you don't want to do it? So I, I was like, I don't want to do it. I called Dan Davis, who's kind of like the key guy in the city, and I said, I had this vision, and I said, I, w- I think someone needs to do it. He goes, you need to do it. And I said, no, I don't really want to do it, but I, I want, I, I want, but I think it needs to be done. So he said, I'm going to be over there next week, and he brought five pastors, and they laid hands on me and anointed me to do it. I said, I don't even know what this is called, you know. I don't even know what this is. So the, the night we got back from our little prayer walk, when I got this aha moment, I said, Lord, is this even biblical? (laughs) And the Lord said, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. And then I realized you cannot pray without ceasing without the rest of the body of Christ. No one can do that alone. Not one person can pray without ceasing by themselves. So we began casting the vision in Austin to say. So we just had a pastors' meeting and said we'll buy Jason's deli box lunches and get every pastor we can get there. And and so during our first meeting, imagine there's probably about like this many people there. We're like, okay, we got this calendar on the board with January. This is when we're going to start. So this is in October, and said we need. I, our church is adopting Monday, the fourth Monday, but we don't have any other churches that are going to pray for our city. So we, you'll adopt today. So we started casting this vision, and there's a pastor in the back sitting about where, where you are. What's your name, sir? Yes. What is it? Brian. Brian. So we're sitting where Brian is, and he he stands up. and says, I got a question. And I'm like, okay. And he said, I don't think every church is called to do this. I don't think every pastor is called to be an inter- I mean, he was like killing our first vision meeting. This is like a, people respected this guy. And it was, so, you know, we got through it. And I think we had like a dozen churches adopt a day of prayer. But when he was leaving, his friend was there who pastors a church near him. And he said his friend guilted this guy into adopting a half day. So he took a half day of prayer and the other church took a half day. So Hope Chapel took a half day. Austin Cornerstone took the other half. So what happened was, when that pastor that was kind of against us started leading his church in a half day of prayer, he got ignited. So he called me, he called me, and this is early on, he called me and he said, Trey, we're going to have 24 hours of prayer at our church, can you come over? And I said, well, Rick, that's what everybody does, that's what we all, that's the vision. No, he said, no, no, we're inviting our whole church to come into the building and not to leave for 24 straight hours. And I said, this guy that was against this is now, like, radical. I'm like, hold on, Rick, hold on. So I said, I will come to that. So David and I and Rick, and we, we went and we just, we prayed for 20, 24 straight hours together. And then he said, I'm going to lead my church in nine months of prayer. He said, we're going to have morning prayer at 5 a.m., we're going to have a noon prayer, and we're going to have a 7 p.m. prayer. And if you're a leader, you have to be at one of those prayer meetings every day, every day, seven days a week. And we're going to pray for the body of Christ to be ignited to win the lost. So David and I went to a significant number of those early morning prayer meetings. At the end of one year, they led 300 people to Christ. This is from... of course, he had to join our team, you know. So he's on her team now. Rick Randall, he was actually here in, in San Antonio for years as the associate at at San Antonio at Cornerstone under John Hagee. Came to Austin, planted a church, and he happened to be sitting right there. Now we're really close friends. And so David, Rick, and I became the core of uh, the Unceasing Prayer Movement. That's what we—I didn't know what else to call because the scripture he gave me was "pray without ceasing." So I said, "Well, let's call it the Unceasing Prayer Movement." I was—I like, didn't know what else to call it. I said, what else do you call it? So that's what we called it. The crazy thing was, if you all know Jason Hubbard in Bellingham, Washington, Whatcom County, they started the One Church Initiative on the exact same day in 2009 that we started in Austin. We never met until two years ago. Same day. January 1st, 2009. They launched, we both launched it prior to that in our local church, but it launched citywide January 1st, 2009, and we never had met one another until two years ago. Now we're working on this America praise deal together. So we just kept casting vision, hey, adopt a day of church, and the churches come in, they go out, pastors change. We don't, we don't care. We're saying, we're going to help lead our city to pray night and day for Jesus to transform our city. And in those early days, the, I felt like the Lord said to me, I want you to make Austin the most prayed for city in America. This is what I want you to do. This is your job to lead the church to make Austin the most prayed for city in America. Why? Because he wants us to be trans. You know, Austin, it's like some of your cities. It's known for a lot of things, but it's not known for prayer. It's not known for Jesus, but it's going to be, right? Um, last uh, last week, uh, Will Davis, who's one on our team, he's lived his whole life in Austin. And uh, he pastors Austin Christian Fellowship, has about six campuses. And so our team is getting together and we're praying And at a house of prayer there together and he's laid out on the front he starts praying and in his prayer He says this Lord recently they did a uh, PBS did a documentary on Austin About South by Southwest and he said they did a documentary on how Austin became weird He said but they missed the whole story The story of Austin is how Austin became the most prayed-for city in America Nobody, but it's okay that no one knows. Jesus knows, right? And those prayers have been rising like incense. And there's a day when he's going to throw them back down the earth and he's going to change all. And he is, he is changing us. So what happened was, um, as we began to pray night and day, um, the, the most prominent characteristic that's changed in our city is Unity. So I've been there 26 years, but before I got there, pastors there was so much division that pastors would preach against other pastors and churches in their pulpit. Not only that, some of these old guys would take ads in the paper out against other churches. Wow, I've never thought of that. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Don't, don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just your church. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so when we got there it was tough it was tough ground because it was everybody said well Austin's the preacher's graveyard it's it's not like that anymore there's a lot of unity because our our enemy is not the other church it's all the other things going on in Austin to try to get people to go to hell that's the enemy and so thank you, Mylon, for what you shared, because that what you the piece that you're sharing is the the doing piece of unity. And ours is the praying piece, but they have to go together a praying church and a prayer movement that doesn't lead to evangelism and outreach is not a prayer movement. It's not a prayer movement. Prayer movements always lead to mission, always. And so we uh We've been at this, and so now we have 100 churches in Austin that pray, that have adopted a day of prayer and pray night and day. For years, it was 30 and 35 and 40 and 38 and 41 and 31, and this is how we went over the 10 years. And you know, we're just like David and I and Rick for a while, we thought we're the only ones that are getting a hold of it. So my point is, is that when you get after this, sometimes it takes a while, right? Whether you're doing 10 days, whatever, people don't get this. They don't understand because pastors, you know, you say we don't speak pa- pastors. There's a lot of pressure on pastors to get the things done in their church. And there's a lot of people that want them to help them. And so there's a lot of pressure on pastors. And when a pastor thinks that this is just one more thing that you're adding to their already busy play, they're going to say no to it. But if they see that this prayer movement, whether it's through America Praise or through the 10 days, it's actually the best thing that could happen to their church. Because it will ch- connect their church, their prayer warriors, with what God's doing in the city. It is incredible. You see, because the thing I just met, we just had a prayer meeting about a year ago at the lar- one of the largest, most influential churches in our city. And Hill Country Bible Church. In the past, and he's big on evangelism. In fact, for us to get him in the prayer movement, he's been involved, but he's really, he's, an out, he's a do kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? But for what he told me was, he said, Trey, we've been mobilizing people in our city to go out and evangelize, but it's like sending dead people out, trying to reach dead people. So the prayer movement is really about revival. It's about unity. It's a unity movement rooted in prayer, but the goal is to awaken God's people. And the average person in the average church has never prayed an hour. And so we're asking them to do that every month. But what's happened is, is that it's sparking their prayer life as an individual. And so this this gives an opportunity for a pastor every month to raise the banner high in their church and say... We're about to pray, you know, Monday's our prayer day or Friday's our prayer day and we want to, we're going to cut. So prayer is important and we, we do not let a church sign up unless the pastor signs the church up because if not, it's not going to happen. So the unique characteristics, and then I want, I want David to share a little bit about uh, how we encourage uh, individuals to pray. But our movement is really unique is that our number one target is pastors, we will go after pastors. We're after pastors. Why? Because we feel like if it doesn't go through the pastor, it's not going to impact the church. So our, our, we just, Kai Bowman and I are writing a book called City of Prayer. It's about the movement in Austin, but it's how it can move to cities across America. But this, this recently we had Jim Cimbala come to Austin we, and we invited hundreds, we, people came, thousands of people came, but we invited 30 or 40 key leaders to come have a round table before that. Here's the thing that came out of it. The number one thing missing in the prayer movement is that pastors are not engaged. We've tried to lead a prayer movement in America and around the world without pastors We've tried to go around them because, as you say, pastors are busy and they don't really want to hear it, they don't want, but we've got to pray for an awakenings in pastors to see that my house should be called the house of prayer for all nations. He said it's not a house of preaching or programs, it's got to be a house of prayer. So we have to learn to speak to those pastors and talk to them and pray for them. You see, the prayer movement ought to be the greatest blessing to any pastor that has a prayer movement in their, in their church. It ought to be the biggest blessing is the prayer movement. And so we go after pastors. That's that, this is our strategy. And we believe that, that at the end of our round table with leaders from around the country, two things came out. Number one, the key to breaking forth a prayer movement in America is that pastors get engaged in this. And the second thing we learned is that we as pastors have no idea how to lead our church in this movement. So we've got to equip pastors. We have to help equip them because you say, you need to lead your church in prayer. And most pastors have no idea how to do that. I mean, seriously, I'm just telling you. Am I right, David Smith? David is the executive director of Austin Baptist Association, basically working with, overseeing, encouraging 200 Baptist churches in our area. And I promise you, we work with pastors almost every day. And so we need to learn to help equip ourselves and be equipped. How does this actually work in our in our church this is the beautiful thing about the america praise model is in your pastor how you doing brother tell me your name again runa yes and he's a pastor and he's a great pastor and loves the prayer but see how he leads prayer in his church is going to be different than mine and that's the beautiful thing we want you to cover your day of prayer for the city every month for 24 straight hours how do you want to do that how does it look How do you pray? Where do you pray? What's the emphasis? Do you have something at the end of the day together? Do you fast? Do you throw in a few prayer requests for your church? It's all, the pastor is the key along with his staff person or prayer coordinator to see this happen. Let's see the church become a praying church. So it's the pastors are the key for us. The second thing is we're after not just adopting a day of prayer, but we want to say, how do we build a culture of prayer? You see, that's a different thing to say, well, you're going to adopt your 24 hours. You're going to get 24 people and they're going to pray their hour and that's going to be it. But no, that's not the end game. The end game is how do we build a culture of prayer in our church? What does that mean? Where the DNA of the church has prayer at the center of everything, that it actually flows out of prayer. So for the pastor, we have to look him in the eye and say, what about your staff meetings? How much prayer is going on? What about your elders meetings? What about your Sunday school teachers meetings? What about what about in your children's ministry? This is all things we're still trying to work through after 10 years. How do we get prayer movement in our children? How do we get a prayer movement in our youth? How do how does how does everything in our church flow out of prayer? So. Pastors, we're, we're trying to develop resources to know how do we build a culture of prayer and build a people of prayer. And I want David to share a little bit about w- one of the models and strategies that we've done, but we're going to get more serious about it with the 100 churches in Austin and, uh, and tell you how uh, a simple way that we can help people to pray. So, my dear friend, he's an amazing guy, David Smith. Give him a warm welcome.
0: Stay here with me.
2: You want to do that? Well, let's do that. And then you can help me when I uh, when I don't get it exactly right. I don't know if you all uh, have uh, have met a person of peace. This is it. This is what that that person looks like. And uh, he is my friend. And when he called me and he said, I'm going to San Antonio on April 11th, I don't even care what it's about. I just want to drive him around and be with him. And uh, so if, uh, if you don't have a friend like that, you need that. And uh, he's such an encouragement. And so just to get... To ride down here in fact we were kind of excited about getting stuck in traffic because i get more time to talk with my friend but uh, god is doing some exciting things uh in austin and um trey told you that we have 200 churches in our association and so my wife the great encourager says why are not all 200 churches in our baptist association on board and we could easily go put them all on a board and they're baptist and they'd go oh yay our name is on the board we've checked that off but they've got to be committed And so you pray with me as I lead them because Trey said it so very well. For many of these pastors, that's just, man, that's just more stuff that we've got to do. So we've been looking for practical ways to help pastors. And, you know, I'm working with seminaries and colleges. They just don't have courses on prayer. And these pastors are getting degrees. I mean, a lot of these guys with doctor's degrees never took a course on prayer. So please pray for these guys. So we're looking for some great resources to hand out out to them. And uh, so one of them... Is just testimonials of what God has done in prayer. Uh, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire is an amazing book uh, by Jim Cimbala. And this lady right here is writing it down. So you don't even need to write it down. There you go. There you go. I, I,
1: I want to jump in when that. That is the best. That book changed everything for me as a pastor. So it, that that that's pastor talk right there. It'll impact the you too, but a pastor will get that. And I had a friend call me from Dallas and he goes, that... That book's written for men, man. It just feels like, <laughs> like you want to do something. But that, that, that's pastor talk there, and that is powerful. That's the best book you can hand a pastor and say, would you? I, I confess, I had three copies given to me. It wasn't until the third copy that my mom gave me that I actually read it. And it changed everything for me.
2: Okay, now you got to do it. Who, ha- who, who has a pastor on mind right now that you would give it to him? I would give it to him. This lady had her hand up first. There you go. Okay. Pray, pray over it as you as you as you give it to him there. It's great. We uh, we take our wives and uh, Rick is a part. He mentioned Rick. Uh, we affectionately uh, call ourselves the Premigos, and uh, we we love to go to Brooklyn Tab on their Tuesday night prayer meeting. People stand in line to get a good seat, and uh, it is an extraordinary experience because they are expecting God to show up, and the Lord always does. So, we're always on the lookout, and uh, I would recommend this to you. I've got two copies. So, the way I'm going to give it away is when the closest to uh, the closest uh, rebirth when you came to faith in Christ to this day. Who's uh, anybody come to faith in Christ this month? In April. In April? How about May? May. Okay, there you go. There you are. And this lady right here really wanted one, so I'm just going to give her my other copy. This is a simple book. Now, let me, let me just share this with you simply. A lot of times when you're a prayer person, it's really hard for you not to understand how anybody could not get prayer. And so let me just ask you to just really pray grace over those folks and love them into prayer. Don't beat it, beat it over their, their head. And God was so gracious to me in this. I'm kind of the strategist person on the team, and they've loved me in because I'm the least prayer person, and it was so fun. When we went to Hill Country for that one of the prayer ladies that I love, and she would just be ashamed if I say her name, so I wouldn't, and I was a part of the prayer team, and she said, you know, it was fun to hear you pray, and I knew what she meant because up until there, I was saying prayer words, and she just said, I think... You've learned how to pray, which has been an amazing thing. So we give pastors tangible tools that they can use. This book is called The Hour That Changes the World. It's written by Dick Eastman. We are praying for an opportunity to visit with this man. This man is so passionate about prayer. He will not come and talk to you about prayer because he's got to spend time praying. He prays for how many years? For every nation of the world. And he doesn't just do the God cover every nation. He prays every single nation's name.
1: For 30-something
2: years. For 30 years. Every day, folks. And so what he does is this, and anybody can do it. Universally, if a Southern Baptist can do it, anybody can do it. Can I get a witness on that one? Here's what it says. Here's what it says. It breaks prayer down into 12 five-minute segments. And if you want to help a pastor, hey, you want you want to know what you're going to preach on on Wednesday night prayer meeting? Don't just warm up an old sermon that you preached a couple years ago. Pick for the next 12 weeks, I'm going to talk to you about a five-minute segment of prayer, and then we're going to do it. And pastors are loving it. And I'm in fact, I'm the frequent buyer from this company. In fact, we're hoping that they will lower the price because I'm about as low as you can buy them for. On the back, it says 13 bucks. I think I can order them now for like $5.35, and I'm ordering them. But I'm infecting my friends in Dallas. We came to San Antonio and met with the San Antonio Baptist Association and all the the larger body of Christ uh, in doing that as well. The thing that we're finding is people love hearing stories of God answering prayer. One story about our friend Rick. So Rick made everybody in his, in his church come to the morning prayer time. And so as things were developing out, he decided that he was going to have a Valentine's banquet and invited Julie and myself to come. Now, I look like I'm 70 because of my gray hair. I'm only 56, but my wife looks like 30 years younger than me. She's just very young. But they invited us to come because in his church, there are very few people that have ever been married for 25 years, which was how long we'd been married. And we sat at this table with this couple and we said, tell us your story. This is the power of prayer. They said, oh, we're just new to this church. We just came to faith in January. And they said, we'd walk by this church and we just felt like something was going on. Doesn't it sound like the impact of God's Holy Spirit? And they said, so on New Year's Day, Whatever whatever day that first Sunday came out, we decided to come to church. We heard the gospel, and we got saved. We came down afterwards, and we asked the pastor, what should we do? And he said, man, you just need to read the New Testament. So they said, we went home. We read the whole, test, the whole New Testament. We stayed up all night long. We read the whole Old Testament and said, we didn't go to bed for like three days. And then at the end of reading the scriptures, they said, we had both— And uh, we had both been uh, working to raise money, to save money, so that we could buy crack cocaine. We are lifetime drug abusers. Mm. Crack cocaine is all we did. Mm. And they said the only thing we could think of doing when we got to the end of reading the whole Bible, because our lives were transformed by God, the guy said, I took out my crown royal bag. It's It's a felt bag. He described it to me that uh, a a very expensive bottle of liquor comes in. We put all of the rest of our drugs and all of the items that we smoke crack with, we put them in, had a prayer meeting and crushed them with a hammer. And I said, and and we're done. I said, so you smoke crack your whole life and you just, you're done. And they go, yeah, that's what God can do. Like I didn't know. And I said, you're right, he can. But I am telling you people, if if you wanna get people excited, you tell them, Answers or you know God answering prayer in an amazing way. Last gift, everybody gets one, is a God is big enough bracelet. I, I usually wear two at a time. No no no. I wear I wear I, I wear I I wear two at a time, one to wear, one to wear, one to share. It, you need another bracelet. But but here hey but here's 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 what's, ama- here's what's amazing. Currently we are ordering these at ten thousand at a time. And it's just the story of how it came about is just absolutely nuts. But the Lord is so excited about this that the distributor that I had said, we can no longer do this for you. We cannot, our supplier won't come. And I said, Lord, this just doesn't sound like you're shutting it down. So I call another distributor and they are charging me now, not 19 cents a band, but 12 cents a band. So the Lord's just going, hey, we're going to be able to extend this. And people all over the place are getting these bands in other countries? You're seeing them, and we changed the font from what we originally. My my father-in-law was really the one that you know was impacted by this, but uh, so there's some guy in Austin. Have not yet met him, who's decided he thinks it's a neat slogan. We're in, we're pretty sure he's not a believer, and he's making them in blue, and everybody's. Pretty disappointed for me that he's handing them out, and he's taking our idea. And I said, man, if God wants to use somebody else to get the message out, that's fine. But it is unbelievable. We'll go through a drive through and I always put this hand out. And you can say this almost universally. You can tell the person. You can say, I noticed that you were looking at my arm, my band. Well, if they didn't, they're going to look at it immediately right there. And I've gone through, I've gone through, I've gone through, <laughs> no, drive throughs and prayed through people the most recent. My mom's in the hospital. For whatever reason, she wants Arby's. I go through. The lady's looking at my band. I said, ma'am, would you like my band? And she said, yeah, take it off, and I give it to her. And I said, can I pray for you right here? And I'm praying for this lady, and she is crying. And so the big, burly boss is coming going, what is going on? And I said, man, I'm just praying for this lady. Will you pray for me? And what I'm telling you is God is doing some amazing things through, through these bands. And it's kind of like people now go, oh, I can share because I have the band. And I go, no, you can share without the band. It's okay. But if, you, if the band is what you need, then you do it. So I have 100 here. And if you, uh, you want to text me or call me, if you will hand them out, I will send you as many as you want. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you,
1: David. <laughs> you know, I don't know where you want to put those so I they can grab them. I'll, I'll, so where awesome. should you put those that people uh, want them? I don't pass know. Them okay, Just pass them around, yeah. Down, but take, so there's 100. Take. So
2: each of you can take a couple, and if somebody feels they need more,
1: um, let I, me know. I know who needs more. I know, I know. I mean,
0: God's answering my prayer. <laughs> 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 I was going to say that's a bold claim with this guy in the room to say you'll supply an infinite amount. <laughs> that's faith. Well, I, it,
2: so, so here's, here's the amazing thing to, to your response. The Lord has raised up a couple of people who have come to me and they said, you know what, because of my means, you know, first of all, I can't, I, I, if I tithe to my church, I'd just blow them up. And so can I send you money and will you do ministry stuff? And then at the end of the year, just let me know, what do we do? Tell them they can tithe to my church, they won't blow me up. <laughs> But it is, it's it's just amazing kinds of things. And this one fella writes a sizable check every year. And so when God steps up into opportunities, so a fella, well, James Poole, you might know, with one cry, he's in Waco, moved moved to Baylor and just praying. And in fact, people, the people that don't get prayer go, wow, what do you do? And he goes, I just pray all day long. That's what he does. He's an intercessor there. But he wants, God's given him a vision for an app that you can put on your phone that's really, really cool. I mean, and it's it's an app of the magnitude of everything else that we would be on there. And he goes, I just don't have the money. And I said, hey, I've got a friend. Just go get it. And my friend will pay for it. So, yeah, right now uh, we we can buy as many bands and this new supplier. He can get it to me in uh, 10 days. So 10 days. There you go. Ten wow. 10
1: days. days. Good thing. Wow. <laughs> Two stories and then I'm going to pass it on to Jonathan. Number one, I love what God's doing with 10 days. I love Jonathan. We connected at a Starbucks in Round Rock, Texas a few years ago. ago. Yeah, you were coming through maybe here. We got to connect. Uh, Two things, what we've seen in Austin. The biggest answer to prayer we've seen is not only that prayer is going on night and day. Um, About uh, 2013, our city, our water source is Lake Travis. Lake Travis was down to 30% of water. You don't understand? That means 70% gone. The city council said, we don't know what to do. We believe that it's going to be a dust bowl within 20 years. And that was our cue. When we heard that, we said, the Bible says, if I shut up the heavens and there is no rain, if my people, right... Who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. So, we realized this is our problem. This is the church's problem in Austin. So, because of Rick, who we mentioned earlier, he's a senior chaplain of the Austin Police Department, we got into the city. It's never been done. The city declared a, a, a day of prayer for rain. Wow. So, we went, I did the opening prayer, and Will Davis, who I mentioned earlier, got up in front of the whole city council and said, our water source is at a historic low, and it's our fault. It's the church's fault. And we repent that we haven't led well, and we are so sorry. I want to ask your forgiveness. And he prayed over the city. And that night, we, called, we had called the city to pray that night at Hyde Park Baptist Church. 1,000 people came from churches all over the city, and we had a, a prayer meeting for rain and revival, but it was full of repentance. That night it began to rain. Now we're, the, 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 the lake is 50, 60 feet low. I mean, this is huge lake. I can't even tell you. we've studied it how much water it took to fill it. It was a ton of water that was needed to fill it. So it started raining that night, and it kept raining. One weekend, the lake filled 30 feet. One weekend. So it was (laughs) it was consistent, consistent, and it took about, you know, 600 plus days and it filled all the way up. And we had another meeting to rejoice over God filling the lake. Right. But what happened in that was it wasn't just that we had a prayer meeting that changed the city. It was that pastors saw that prayer really does help our city. So our prayer team went from me, Rick, and David to now we got the, some of the leading pastors in the city wanting to be on our team because they saw this is really about what God can do in the city. And, and in Austin, I don't know if you saw recently, the, the lake is still full, but recently what happened, you know that passage in Malachi that says if, you, if you, you give, basically, I'll pour out blessings you can't even contain? Well, recently we had so much rain that the water treatment system wasn't able to handle all the water. Was that right? They had to shut down. You had to boil your water because there was so much water flowing in. God says, I gave them too much water to even be able to contain. Too much blessing. Amen? And I believe some people said, you know, we had that prayer meeting. We didn't say ask God when to stop. It's still happening. The lake is full. And It's just a picture of how the church ought to be full. The second story I want to tell is that uh, a few years ago we were... Um, I was working with the Billy Graham Association in Austin. They were doing um, a Franklin Graham crusade there, a Franklin Graham prayer event. We had 10,000 people come to the Capitol steps to pray for Texas. And the Brian Allerid was the Billy Graham leader over 10 states, including Texas. So he came in and he heard about unceasing prayer and he kept flying back in. I didn't know Brian very well, but he kept flying in and saying, tell me more about this unceasing prayer. And I'm like, This is a guy from Billy Graham. Why is he asking me about unceasing prayer? And finally he said, God has told me to do this in Albuquerque. Will you help me? And he said, but God told me not just to do it in Albuquerque, but to do it in New Mexico. Would you help me? So Mary and I went and helped him cast the vision for leaders there. Albuquerque now, Albuquerque in New Mexico now has 104 churches that are praying. It's literally transforming Albuquerque. You can't even believe it's in the beginning of changing that city. And so God called Brian to lead America Praise. So Jason Hubbard and I, who have both been doing this for 10 years, are joining Brian, who left Billy Graham and and said, I'm going to give my life to see America be prayed for like never before by the local church. And Brian didn't say this, but I said this, because the other day in prayer, the Lord told me, and I've researched it, asked people, I don't think there's ever been a prayer movement like what's going to happen in America that's happening now, because it's happening through the local church. I believe that we're on the verge of seeing the largest local church-based prayer movement in the history of America. Why? Because God wants to revive America through the praying church.
0: Thank you, brother. Honor to be here. All right. Real quick. Um, any questions for Trey? Any questions on the One Church, One Day, America Praise Vision, Unceasing Prayer Vision, all, all the names, it's right? All, yeah. There's Day to Pray. It's called like a million things, but the, the same idea is a church prays 24-7 once a month. That's right. the core. Right. Right. That's so right. any questions on this? Also, I just got to ask you. Um, I, know, I knew all about the water situation. It's miraculous. Yeah. How many um, is awareness being spread to people? Like, like, do a lot of people know
1: about this? this well, a lot of the churches do because when we called the prayer meeting, the media was out in droves. We had a pre uh, prayer meeting that night and 20 pastors in a room praying. They kept interrupting us because the media wanted interviews. But once God answered the prayers, the media didn't want to come to the rejoicing meeting. They didn't want to deal with that side of it. So, but but leading pastors in our city they changed their mind on the prayer movement once this happened because they really realized this is a real thing, a real you know. Because the Bible says to pray for the welfare and to work for the welfare of your city, because in it is found your welfare. So we're here to bless Austin. We're here to make Austin. Austin's a great city, but we're here to make it a great city in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think some know, but I don't think a lot know, but some do. Yeah. Away. spread the word on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Any other questions? Well, oh, we got Trey.
1: Okay so this is our our secret okay? Yes. Okay. So Austin Police Department because Rick who is that pastor in the back that was against us is now an Austin Police Department now adopts a day of prayer. Okay, that's our secret, all right? Cuz I don't think we should proclaim that. So we're, we're getting there um in terms of in, in, what we're initially we go after churches, but we've also allowed uh, non-profits and others to join. So we've had uh pl- we've had Two prisons that have been involved. Can you imagine prisoners? What a better thing for them to do, to be involved night and day prayer. And we have a pro-life movement that have been involved. So in terms of how we impact the gover, government and leaders, we've, we've gone on that a little bit, but we're going to continue to try to see how. I think Jason has done a better job uh, than us in Bellingham on that, in developing teams that are focused on the seven uh, mountains. We haven't quite gotten there yet, but we're going to. We're, we're going we're gonna to get there. Yeah thank you
0: awesome. any more questions Janice go ahead
1: americapraise.org yeah america praise. so things are on there we have a prayer guide that we use that is on there that inclu- has seven points we encourage i encourage churches and like i was having a meeting with the san antonio praise david hey david David's in the back, and look how strong he is. And uh, <laughs> he's partnered with the head of the San Antonio Baptist Association and other leaders here to see San Antonio praise happen. So it's beginning to, to get churches involved here. So we encourage, hey, in San Antonio, the needs are might be a little bit different than Austin. What's the focus? What are the things you all want to pray towards? That So we, we encourage cities to, to think like that. And so David and I also recently helped launch San Marcos. So between San Antonio and Austin is all covered in unceasing prayer. Hmm. And, it's, and now it's going to Dallas and it's going to go through Waco. We're going to go right up I-35 all the way to Minneapolis. Awesome. All the way up. We've got
0: Minneapolis right there.
1: Come on. Can you help us <laughs> there? We've got, we got Minneapolis. Twin City Praise is, about, is going to be launching soon. Yeah. So I want you to help us out with that.
0: So um, if you want to find out more, I want to encourage you. Trey's going to have a meeting for the San Antonio group at lunch. Is that true, David? Am I right? Uh,
1: anybody, because we, we met with the San Antonio right. guys this morning. But
0: anybody yeah, anybody who wants to find out, encourage you to sit with Trey. Um, same with Mylan at lunch. I'm going to share just a couple stories from our um, – we, we started New England Braves, um in 2016. The start of the year, our one of our um, board members had a word, just sensing that God wanted to do like a twenty-four-seven thing in a decentralized way. He didn't know much about. He didn't know anything about this model, and I, I immediately was like, "Huh, I think God wants to to have us do." I think this is the year to launch. Um, we had Jason Hubbard come out and cast vision in New England. We got like eighty different people from around the region to come together. It was pretty cool. It was powerful. And um, I was really clear, like, I am not going to lead this thing. I'm not going to be the point person. So, but someone is, and we didn't know who. (laughs) And uh, I had such a burden from the Lord in prayer, like for God, raise up this person. And um, Greg sometimes helps me just by being, um, you know, a, a voice of counterbalance to my enthusiasm about things maybe. He, uh, <laughs> like a wet, basically like a wet blank. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. This is part of the sufferings of Christ, brother. I'm, I'm aiding you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm like, oh, pray with me, brothers. I'm, I'm like so stirred. There's going to be a testimony. Cause I'm like so stirred. I know like about asking the Lord so burdened to ask the Lord to provide this person And Greg is like, well, you know, Jonathan, just keep in mind, this has to be a very high quality person, like someone of a Jason Hubbard quality. And I'm thinking to myself, right, like there's just Jason Hubbards, you know, you can just go pick them on it. Like he's like a very unique person and, you know, incredible gift. And um, so I just pray this prayer. I'm like, Lord, send us the Hubbards. And so, you know, whatever that means, right? That's a weird prayer. Uh, God is into weird prayers. So then I talked to Jason like 15 minutes later because we had a scheduled call, and he's like, you know, my spiritual son is coming to New England. He's actually from Connecticut, and he's been doing one church one day in Spokane, Washington. And I'm like, really? I'm like, that's interesting because I just asked God to send us the Hubbards. Maybe this is like the baby Hubbard. And uh, (laughs) so James, who was the... um, Uh, the the man James Robinson ended up coming out and it was already on his heart to do this in New England and so he helped us launch it and then as we're gearing up to launch it where it was in August it was just a couple months we're going to launch on October 1st and um, incidentally we had this on our heart to do in New England but one of the leaders of the Rhode Island church key leaders there was planning to launch uh, one church one day sorry I'm getting my things mixed up in Rhode Island on October 1st. Isn't that wild? So all like, so there was a Rhode Island specific and then kind of a New England focused, um, all with the same heart. And then we get an email from this guy in like North Carolina. It's in August, so we're a few months away. And he's like, hi, I found your, basically he found my email on the internet And he was like, "Um, "Yes, I'm just wondering. Can you connect me to people in New England? Because Holy Spirit is saying right now that it's very important to the Lord to establish a a canopy of 24/7 prayer over New England." I'm like, "Who are you? What is going on? Isn't that interesting, though?" And this is so he came and was able to support us and help us. But it was just clearly a God thing, and so we've gotten to see over throughout the whole region. We have about 90 churches involved. It regionally, and our we're kind of doing the New Mexico model of starting big and then working small. And so in, in three of the states, four of the states, we have a coordinator, uh, four of the six New England states uh, for that state, and they're starting to develop at a state level, and then we want to see it go down to the city level as well. Um, so anyway, we really believe in this. We want to, like I said earlier, make a way for this vision any way we can. Um, and are just excited about what God's doing. So, amen.